Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a new episode of Nerd Factory Reboot. Today we are going to talk about lots of stuff, anime. This is another anime talk episode because we have lots to go through. And um, let's get into it because we have My Hero Academia to cover. We have manga, anime, we have uh, Dragon Ball, the movie actually. We have new details about that. So without any further ado, let's go. So let's start with none other than Dragon Ball because it's been a long time since I actually um, did cover Dragon Ball. So Dragon Ball Super Superhero, which is a very weird name by the way, I, I will say it until the day it releases because it has a really weird name. It finally had a New York Comic Con presentation and they showed lots of things and honestly it was really, really exciting for us fans because they were there were so many new details present. There were so many new things to learn. So let's get into it. First of all, we know that Dende will be in the movie. His design was um, showcased, which is a very good thing. Bulma was also showcased, and people <laughs> were saying that she looks like April O'Neil. Actually, she does a little bit, but she's in the movie. Uh, Corin is actually in the movie as well. Vegeta and Whis have been confirmed. And the funny thing was when we were watching the uh, presentation, the voice actor for Whis alongside Bulma were, you know, uh, watching the presentation and they were actually surprised that they were in the movie. But they don't know the capacity uh, for which they are in the movie. So we don't know exactly either. So we don't know if it's going to be like, you know, Whis is just going to be there for fun for jokes or anything else, but suffice to say that if he's there, Beerus is there too. However, there is a theory as we know what at least Whis will be doing in the movie and who else might actually appear. So we'll continue. So then we were treated to a exclusive clip where we actually saw the 3D in action and my God, it looks actually really, really good. I mean, people thought that it doesn't look good or anything. So anyways, we from this clip, we understood that Vegeta is in the movie as well, um, and that Red Ribbon Army is back because we saw a kid with a Red Ribbon Army, you know, I don't know, cop, you could say. We saw Pan trying to achieve Super Saiyan, maybe. We saw Goku uh, training on Beerus's planet, and through that smoke, you can actually see Broly. So Broly is in the movie as well, training with Goku. The trailer did focus a lot more on Piccolo and uh, honestly, I guess the animation looks simply fantastic. And they said that the release date is 2022. So then, if you remember, we had two characters which were introduced um, uh, previously and we didn't know what they were, who they were. We still don't know what they are exactly, but um, apparently their names are Gamma 1 and Gamma 2. So pretty cool. Um, apparently Gohan's family will also appear and well since we did see Pan in the trailer 
we can probably guess that maybe, you know, Gohan and of course Videl will appear, but again, we don't know to what capacity. Um, during the panel, they talked a lot about Piccolo and said that, you know, he has a bigger role here, he's acting like a grandpa to Pan, and that he now, of course, has a home. And there will be a focus on him, which is actually pretty cool. I mean, finally, Piccolo gets some more spotlight, especially since Dragon Ball Super, just with the focus mo mostly on Goku and Vegeta. So, and here's a cool thing. The events of the superhero movie take place after Broly movie, but before 28th Tenkaichi Budokai tournament. Now, many people um, are wondering how does this actually... Um, happen in terms of timeline um you know when is it happening for example uh for granola story or stuff like that uh here's the thing we we still don't know exactly because they weren't really um you know specific as to the timeline so people are wondering if this is happening before or after granola the reason that they're caring about this is that well basically many cool things are happening in the manga, regardless of the story and everything. I mean, f mixing Super Saiyan with Ultra Instinct or Ultra Ego, maybe people are expecting to see those in the movie. I don't, because this movie doesn't seem to, you know, go beyond uh, the usual stuff to, you know, ending the world kind of thing. I think this is more of a focus on the other characters rather than Goku and Vegeta. But, anyways, um, we don't know exactly if it happens after or before Granola. Some people are saying that, no, this is uh, before Granola and after Broly. Some saying that, no, this is after Granola as well. The thing is that even if this is happening after Granola, there's no way that they're going to bring Ultra Ego, for example, into this movie. How big of a threat do you expect this to be? So don't really get your hopes up. But again, we don't know for sure, so I'm not going to say it. People are not going to say that it's happening exactly then. But we know that it's after Broly. That's why Broly is training with Goku on Beerus' planet. So that's where we probably will end up seeing Whis with Beerus in uh, in the manga. Sorry, why did I say manga? <laughs> in the movie? I actually saw a panel of manga, that's why I said that. Also, we had um, new figures. Uh, figurines actually introduced for the movie. Um, the funny thing is that you know, we, most of it is the same things that we have seen millions of times. As for Vegeta, his, you know, uh, his costume, his, I don't know, his outfit that he's wearing is actually pretty cool. I think we've seen this outfit a lot, but I keep thinking, like, when did we see it last? But anyways, we, we think that there's nothing that special here. So, except for, of course, Gamma 1 and Gamma 2, if you're you know, collector kind of guy. Um, so anyways, that was mostly the, um, you know, panel. They talked a lot about, you know, like I said, the movie saying that, you know, the movie is going to be awesome. There's lots of stuff in it. There's lots of amazing action. It's a different kind of story. And there's a lot going on in the trailer. So go on and watch the trailer because in the trailer... I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure if Gamma 1 and 2 are actually robots or cyborgs, androids, whatever you want to call them, because we know that in this world, they don't really look like, you know, robots. They look very lifelike. So 
I'm not sure, but I'm actually super uh, excited for it because you know, and I think that you know, Red Ribbon Army is probably making a huge comeback because yes, we did see that kid holding that, and people are theorizing all over the place as to who this kid might be. Maybe somebody related to the uh, old Red Ribbon. Or maybe one of those bad guys, I don't know. But it seems that, you know, they are making sure that Gamma 1 and 2 see, you know, Goku, Vegeta, and Boo, and tell them that, yeah, these are bad guys. You should, for example, fight them. Which means that maybe Gamma 1 and 2 get to live at the end of the movie. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Anyways, um, by the way, Dragon Ball Super Super Hero will have an event in Dokkan Battle which will be um, in November, so stay tuned for that. I don't have any more information regarding that, but it is coming. Um, the drafts for Chapter 77 of Dragon Ball Super Manga will be coming on Thursday, 14th of October. Um, so it is exciting that we're going to finally see something more of the manga because, you know, so far it's been kind of weird. I mean, it's not exactly consistent, but now it's actually getting somehow exciting because we want to see, like, you know, how far do they want to take this. And now, you know, I'm actually super excited to learn that if Granola and Goku are actually related because of what happened at the end of the last chapter. So, we don't know, but we gotta read it. So, haha, let's get ready for it. Now let's move on to My Hero Academia. My Hero Academia chapter 328 and 329. My god, they're amazing. So, 328, um, we didn't cover this because uh, I wasn't there to cover it for you guys, I think. So, um, let's actually start covering it. Let me just check to see if I actually did cover it or not. Because if I did, no, I didn't. Good. So anyways, chapter 328 actually starts a month ago in the manga world. And uh, basically they're showing Tartarus and, you know, the uh, thing that happened, you know, the attack that happened and people running away and stuff like that. We actually see one of the uh, inmates running and uh, he's being very crazy. He's saying like, you know, I'm going to um chase women again i'm going to be he looks like a sexual predator that's what i'm trying to say so then um stain comes and cuts him and kills him and then he's actually very surprised by what's going on he's not like happy or anything like that he's actually very careful and we see that stain actually doesn't have a nose something that i did suspect about him but now finally it's confirmed at least for me that he doesn't have a nose at all it's just two holes jeez that is creepy like, imagine, if he wants to pick his nose, what does he do? Does does he even... Can he even pick his nose? I mean, I don't know. If When we want to pick our noses, we don't go to the hole. It's more like, you know, the outside that gathers. So, he can't even pick his nose because he can gather... It. How does he even... Jeez, okay, I have a bigger question. When you don't have a nose and you catch a cold, how do you sneeze? <laughs> And imagine if you do sneeze and then you know, mucus comes out and you know, how are you gonna this is a weird situation why stain why it makes things much more complicated than they should be anyways then he says that you know absolutely no information about the outside world is allowed to be passed in tartarus 
and into the hands of the incarcerated. And it seems, and then he says that wow, Tartarus has apparently fallen. Then the outside must already be something, and we don't hear the rest. And he says, I need information. So he goes into the control room, and he sees that wow, everyone is dead, and you know. Uh, except one person who's actually holding something really hard in his hand and the guard actually says why am I holding onto this instead of a weapon and Stain says I need information but then the guy looks at him and says that you know um, don't give this to any of the Shigaraki's followers this is a very vital information and he grabs it from him and um, then he says you know don't kill people and he sees that it's a recording device with free things inside. Um, and then, you know, he implores um, Stain to give it to someone just, like someone good. That's what it means, just person. So, um, Stain, uh, you know, understands that this is uh, something really uh important so he says i don't worry i'll get to it just person like all might and uh, uh then you know the guard gets angry and says that um you know are you a man or a monster and uh he says that only those who strive for a completely just world are monsters then of course we see a panel of all for one and you know tomura standing and villains gathering up to him and, um, you know, uh, he didn't, you know, Stain just looks at everything and that's happening and says that uh, that guy tried, he talks about the guard saying that that guy tried so hard to protect this and, uh, and he says that he doesn't really know what's his holding and how important it is. He can't decide but he will try and protect it for now. Um, and he says that I will pass it on to a human that I can trust. And, uh, you know, he says, basically saying, he's talking about All Might, saying that, you know, um, he says, I hold the belief that in order to serve the world, you have to walk through the path of death, and you're the only one who can accept this, because you are the one who started all of this. Then we see Sukauchi, and he has a small, let's say stop. He has more of a stop, and he kind of looks cool with it. I mean, he looks fine. And then he actually gives this information that he got to Sukauchi. And, um, you know, he, he did return to UA. And this was, you know, after visiting UA. So, Sukauchi says that so Midoriya has, I don't know, made up with everyone. And it's a shame to receive such great help from a vile murderer. And, uh, you know, uh, then they understand that there is no way... No way Stain got this information uh, genuinely because there's actually no way because they're cut off from the world. How would he How would he get it? So they understand that, you know, um, everything's going to shit basically and um, lots of stupid things are happening and the Tartarus was heavily damaged and that they know All for One is living inside Tomura Shigaraki and probably controlling him and that's probably how they made such a great attack they're saying that because all for one existed within tomura shigaraki that's how they were able to make such a perfect attack and 
do all of this. And uh, basically, as All Might says, they were able to share the thoughts. And, um, you know, then All Might says that, you know, this thing happened to him, that part of his consciousness resides within one for all. But he cannot, you know, communicate with it. Basically saying that, you know, All for One was able to communicate both ways with Tomura. However, All Might is n was never able to do the same thing, to communicate with his conscious self inside One for All. Which means that he's aware that he does have a consciousness there and that happens. As he puts it, the me, as he says, inside One for All is able to communicate the thoughts synchro synchronously to the consciousness dwelling within One for All. But on the other hand, he has to experience any sign from the spiritual self to him. So he synchronizes with that guy inside One for All, but not the other way around. But he says that when he touched Young Midoriya, it was different because he was able to make a direct contact and some memories came washing over him and he understood so many things. And, uh, you know, as, he's, as he puts it, pure emotion washed over him. And, uh, you know, if all for, and he, he does say that, you know, if there was, uh, if this quirk had hypothetically has a synchro, synchro, synchronicity rate greater than one for all, then he would be able to communicate with his real body imprisoned 500 meter under the water. It's exactly the way Shigaraki Tomura was actually able to communicate with the actual Shigaraki, Mr. All for One. So that's saying that, you know, since One for All has this ability, All for One definitely has the same ability, but, you know, let's say the rate is greater because of the connection and stuff like that. It's just two people, so they were able to do it. And as he says, he, he would also be able to send a substantial amount of instructions with his thoughts to Tomura, which means made everything so easy. He had that information, he was able to send it, and that happened. Remember when back then I said that, you know, probably All for One has a connection to Deku when Black Whip first appeared? Turns out that's not the case, but it's the case with Shigaraki himself. So I gotta say that's actually very creepy because, you know, when I think about it, I'm just like, holy shit. You know, uh, I mean, what the hell would happen? Think about it. Like, how the hell does something like this even happen? That... Tartarus, a place very well guarded, suddenly gets destroyed. Almighty's right. They have that connection. But my question is, do we have that connection? Same connection with All for One and All for One. The creator is the same. And they did have sort of a connection when they fought. Maybe that connection has been, I don't know, created for the first time when that, when in the war we saw that happen. Maybe. We don't know yet. I don't think that it has, or maybe even if it has, they haven't discovered it, either side. So, uh, you know, however, Sukauchi says, however true that may be, the connection between quirks, he says, this time, they were able to use radio waves. So, he says that if Shigaraki was able to use radio waves more precisely than Nomu, then there is a strong possibility he was transceiving strong amount of uh, a substantial amount of instructions and he says if one possesses a radio wave type quirk then it's most likely they were able to receive as well as transmit their thoughts and 
you know, then uh, they say that they got that info, that they got the radio waves, and they were able to actually uh, understand it, the data. And it says that he will be completed in 38 days, to which everyone is surprised, saying, like, what? And they're like, we said, we thought it's two months. And All Might says, the you know, result of researching and analyzing all that will need to nothing significant. And he believes that, you know, he's no more than a vessel and he will be completed in three days. And that was pretty scary saying that, you know, he might be completed this fast. After that, we are taken to what looks like to be United Nations saying that they actually heard from All Might personally and that they're asking for help and that he talked about all for one for to them and you know they're saying that they want to help all might but it seems that you know just just japan that's able to keep villains in check and it seems that nowhere else it's the same case and they're saying that for example um uh, one of the heroes in another country which i assume is egypt uh the hero is called salam which <laughs> is kind of funny to me because you know as a persian you know the word is pretty cool and you know in arabic they have that they say salam alaikum so pretty cool that the hero salam exists but it's weird that he's wearing pharaoh uh, you know uh, clothing i mean why you could actually say ramses or something and then they have another hero big red dot uh and he says that you know he wants to help all might it seems that all might has a lot of friends overseas and they are willing to help but unfortunately since japan is not the same as the rest of the world in terms of how they are actually protected they're not allowing their heroes to actually go however there's one hero that left all on her own and she looks so badass and looks so much like all might and it's none other than stars and stripes the united states of america's number one hero and she looks a lot like All Might, a lot like female version of All Might in a lot of ways. Like seriously, go look at her. She's very much like him. And she says, my master is in trouble. Jesus Christ. So when All Might was back in America, she had, sorry, he had uh, an apprentice. Or maybe she thinks she's his apprentice. But you know, the way she looks, I doubt it. I mean, he probably did. Then we move on to chapter 329, West makes it just on time, ready to save the day. That's the title of the chapter. So what happens here is that All For One is basically explaining his plan to, stay, to Spinner, saying that basically they plan on going to the overseas, and you know, because he has so many friends there, and the situation is much easier to control over there, and he can actually make some strides there. But he first wants to get his hands on all for on one for all once again, and um, he says that I laid plans that span lifetimes, and that he's saying that you know um, we have to do this, we have to finish this because if we don't, you know, then uh, we don't stand a chance like that, and. He actually says the same thing that we thought, that, you know, overseas, things are not looking as well as Japan. I mean, Japan had All Might, but everywhere else, they're having trouble. Hence why they can't send heroes. However, he says that, you know, 
Stars and Stripes is the strongest hero, strongest woman hero in the world, and he's actually afraid. He's saying that you know if she actually intervenes, things can go south really bad for the villains, but he also says that this can also be an opportunity to get her quirk. We don't know what's her quirk, honestly, and I don't think it's one for all. Because if it was, we would have probably seen her in the vestiges area, and I don't think that it's like that to you know, be able to give the quirk just to many people. If it was, maybe you know, Bakugo could have kept his. But yeah, I don't think that's the case. But regardless, moving on. Her quirk is something powerful that All for One actually covets, and at the same time, he's afraid. And then he talks to Spinner and says that, you know, you will help Shigaraki, Tomor Shigaraki, battle everything out, because now you are an image for people like yourself. People who care about Spinner, and, you know, because they were mutants, because they were... Um, you know, he he's now popular. They're saying that, you know, they are rallying behind him in secrecy, unfortunately. So, then we see a poster that says, Spinner, spokesperson of the Paranormal Liberation Front. And it seems that, you know, there are some surviving executives to which, you know, they're trying to bring it all back. Like, you know, try their best once more. And... We are actually shown a panel that introduces these guys, and I'm saying that, huh, I never actually remembered these guys. But, you know, I, I actually know that they existed. I read some older chapters, and yeah, they do exist, and I'm surprised they actually survived. But yeah, they did exist, they're nothing new. And they were support to the Vanguard Action Squad, the nine lieutenants that Shigaraki trusted most, and... They say because of the ideologies he had, they serve in Spinner's squadron. Uh, Skeptic also survived because, you know, he helped them out and he was close to them. And if you remember last time, he was actually on top of Gigantomachia. So, yeah, he did survive. And they saying that, you know, basically they want to round up remnants and they want to make revolution. And they're, again, trying so hard to gather so many different soldiers just to, you know do this to, you know, create a new revolution. And at the same time, we're shown a small picture of um, Toga. We don't know where she is exactly, and it's weird. And uh, I'm not sure if she's still with the villains. Then we see Toya, who is sporting his white hair, thankfully. And, you know, uh, basically... He says that, uh, you know, the villains, the League of Villains are true liberators, whether or not they can actually do it isn't relevant, and worship them. The ones who will make them realize their true potential will be us. And then we are shown a picture of Spinner next to Stain. And it seems that, you know, Spinner is actually not impressed at all or doesn't show any emotion compared to what, you know, to compare to everything that All for One is saying. And then he says, we will be the ones to sow the seeds to set up Shigaraki Tomura's destruction of the future. Then we are shown Hawks and West Genius in the car while Endeavor is flying. And they're talking, you know, stupid stuff, saying that, you know, like she will be appearing shortly and we have to be very nice to her. And uh, is it reassuring to have her? And Best Genius says he wants to talk about the precious vintage denim 
made during the Golden Rush era. Seriously? Then, Tsukauchi actually calls them and says that, you know, we received word there's something else in the aerospace around 50 kilometers from their planned spot, which means that far away, this is actually really far, 50 kilometers is really far, so far away from where she was supposed to appear, something has appeared and they say it's him, he has arrived. And then we see Tomura Shigaraki is actually there. And it's weird because in his hand, we see a dot. And I'm not sure exactly what that dot is supposed to be. I mean, I don't think it's one of the bullets that he basically had for, you know, erasing quirks or stuff like that. We haven't seen them in a long time, but I'm not sure if that is it. I mean, it's just... Where did you see his hand? I mean, maybe it doesn't have a significance, it's just a hand. But then we see the lady, and my god, she looks a lot like a female All Might. So much like that. And she says, you must be one free guy to come all the way up here to greet me. And then we see Tomura with a scarred face, if you remember from the war, and just looks at her, and she says, are you the villain they call All for One? And then we finally see Tomura... And he's riding on a Nomu, so he's not flying, he's riding on a Nomu. And he's hiding his right hand, which tells me that maybe that is the bullet. It's something, at least. Why Why would he be hiding? He's riding a Nomu, and his hair is actually way longer than it was, and says, well, who am I indeed? And goes towards this hero. So, Stars and Stripes, we don't know what's her quirk, but we know that she's going to fight Tomura. We don't know exactly, again, what her quirk is, but it seems weird that All For One is actually afraid that she's intervening. But he's also hoping that they get her quirk. Now, here's my prediction. I think she will kick ass. She will kick ass real hard, and those heroes won't be able to reach in time. And I believe that... Um, if there is a erasure quirk, not sure if that's something. I, I don't know if that if this is a bullet or not. But here's the thing: if it is, if it's let's say that you know, but it doesn't make sense if it is. You know, why would they do that if they want the quirk? <laughs> okay, let's let's put that aside. Let's say that you know maybe uh, Tomura wants to fight her so he can actually get her quirk. I'm saying that, you know, he will get his ass uh, kicked real hard. And the moment when he actually tries, maybe Endeavor finally reaches and he loses his quirk. Then he cannot fight Toya as they want it. That seems more sensible to me than, you know, bringing Stars and Stripes, hyping her, only to have her lose immediately. Especially when you say that, you know, All for One is actually afraid of her. Saying that, my, my god, he she's actually coming here. So, I'm not sure, but, you know, um, it's kind of weird. It's kind of weird. I don't know. Um, but still, I'm super excited, super excited to see what's going to happen. Because at this point, we are reaching the very end. I mean, All for One, Shigaraki, Deku, All Might, everyone... And still, we are not sure what that information was. I mean, we need that information. Because I'm convinced that saying that information was not that. 
to say that yeah it takes these days to make it happen i'm sure there's more to it that they're not uh you know um basically uh that i mean i'm sure that this is not the end of the information there's more to it there should be more otherwise you know it is important important information but it's i don't know i don't know it seems to be more but still, I'm excited to learn more about Stars and Stripes, who she is, how did All Might actually mentor her. So many things that we still don't know. But it's super exciting, and I do want to see how Tomura actually handles his power after all that time. Can he actually handle it well? Is it going to be such an awesome fight between them? Because it's exciting. It's very exciting. I mean, let's just hope that we see something awesome next week. I mean... They definitely have to continue this, right? I, I, I hope, you know, Horikoshi just doesn't jump to another thing and say that, oh, now you have to wait. <laughs> just so he actually goes through with it. Because I want to learn a lot about this character. Anyways, guys, that is it. That is definitely it. Um, we talked a lot about the manga, um, the animes, the movies. As for anime, yeah, the final dub episode of My Hero Academia Season 5 came, and it's really good, really good. So go give it a watch if you haven't. Um, that's it. That's pretty much it. <laughs> Thank you guys for joining, and I hope you enjoyed it. And by the way, um, as I understand it, uh, My Hero Academia World Heroes Mission... That is that said name. The dub version will be coming very soon, very soon, to theaters, so you can watch it. I don't know when it will be available on um, home media. They haven't said. So let me just let me just quickly give it a search, just out of curiosity. I mean, maybe they announced it during that World Heroes Mission dub. Let's see. Dun 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 Okay, the release date is um, October 29th. It will be uh, coming to United States and Canada. So if you are waiting for that to watch it in dubbed, because you know otherwise you could not watch it anyways. I mean, not even on sub. Um, yeah, so. It's coming then, October 29th. As for any other release, we don't know. Yeah, we don't have any information when it comes to uh, anything else regarding like you know, Blu-ray and stuff like that. Maybe we'll know soon. I, I, there's a uh, NYCC panel, so I'm not sure if it happened already or not. I think it did, but there wasn't much to come out of it, or it didn't happen maybe. So let's hope. Let's hope that we get to hear about the Blu-ray as well. And uh, we see what happens. Anyways, thank you guys for uh, uh, joining. And I hope that you guys enjoyed it. And uh, as always, please like, share, subscribe, follow, whatever you can do uh, to help me out. And uh, I'll see you guys very soon um, at our next episode, which I... Don't know still if I'm going to talk about Little Nightmares or Hades. Probably will be Hades. Probably. But, you know, um, 
see you guys very very soon until next time